Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Brought to you by Voice for Heroes 501c3. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Education Career and Beyond, and you have a full house today. We have Ed Sanderson back with us. So excited to have him. He was here last week as well, but a couple weeks there, he was going in different directions. And Capri, who is trying to juggle her busy college schedule at Purdue and still do this show with us week after week, is back with us this week. I just love you both. Thank you for being back today. Yeah, so glad, glad to be here. Took a little break and we're back better than ever. There you go. Well, we have an incredible guest, Phoebe. This is really exciting. I actually have been excited all day to meet her and she's with us and we're going to kind of rapid fire ask questions, but a lot to learn. But I want to read Phoebe's bio because it's just really powerful what she's done and who she is and what she's brought to us today. Phoebe Trotman is a successful and heart-centered entrepreneur based in Vancouver, Canada, who is passionate about helping others discover their joy. In both her athletic and professional careers, Phoebe's personal success has become a testament that anything is possible with hard work, dedication, and a team-centered approach. As an athlete, Phoebe made a name for herself in the soccer world, which is just huge. Achieving numerous awards and accolades, she has been inducted into the Coquitlam Sports Hall of Fame. I hope I didn't butcher that. As an athlete, yes, honored as a team member in the BC Sports, the British Columbia Sports Hall of Fame, everyone, and museum and recognized on two teams in the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame. That's it. Oh my goodness. Heavens to Betsy. Phoebe, we are so thrilled to have you. A lot that we're going to be able to share today. Thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been excited all day too. It's great to connect with you guys and just looking forward to to being here and, and having a chance to share. Yes. Okay. Kick it off for us. We want to know your background. If you can spend just a little bit of time here with us, share your background because that's huge. I quit soccer at six years old, two months in. So the fact <laughs> that you've accomplished, like I am ready to hear about it. And I know that you have overcome so many struggles that we're going to overcame so many struggles we're going to discuss. So please share your background and what led us to, you to, uh, to us today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I actually started playing soccer almost around the same time you stopped. So I was about five, six years old and I got started because my older brother played and I was a little sister kind of getting dragged along to the field. And I was like, I want to do that too. And so my parents signed me up. Now I started off on an all boys team and I'm not sure if it was supposed to be co-ed and I happened to be the only girl. I don't know if it was a boys team, um, but anyways, I was the only person of color and that little girl on a boys team. And that's how I started off in soccer. And I just fell in love with the sport. And through that, have had an incredible career, have had a chance to play on some amazing teams, um, whether it was university, then I went on to play one season down in Colorado, and then back up to Vancouver to play professional here for several seasons. And it's been an amazing journey. I've had a lot of highs, and I always share, you know, national championships and a lot of personal accolades have been incredible. However, the only reason I've been able to have those successes is because I didn't make a team. I had to sit on the bench. I only got five minutes of playing time. So there were a lot of challenges in that and pushing through that. And then from there, I was working full time. Um, you know, I graduated from university. I was working full time at a computer company and I was really uninspired in my job. So I started some side projects. I was doing a, a bunch of different things on the side. And in my mind, I had, I kind of planned that 
what I was going to do was I was going to build up those side projects to a point where the income was high enough. And then I could transition into kind of being an entrepreneur full time. However, it didn't quite go as planned because the company went bankrupt. I was laid off and oh. at a crossroads. And so, um, you know, when you're at those crossroads, it's a time for reflection, a time to look forward to what's next. And I decided uh, entrepreneurship, I was going to jump right in. And here we are 17 years later as an entrepreneur, lots of bumps in the road in the beginning as well, too. And I'm happy again that I took a lot of those lessons from the soccer field over into the entrepreneur world and kept going because that is such an important key to success is just to keep moving forward one step after the other. Yes, yes, yes. And that comes from yeah. There's a lot we can unpack there, however you want. Yeah, sure. yes. <laughs> okay, I also grew up playing soccer, and I've played, you know, up until I started college. I would love to talk more about that, especially kind of. You said you're from Canada. You played a year at Colorado. Obviously, that's not in Canada. Um, I read on your bio that it was an NAIA school, and I think I saw the word champion in there somewhere. Could you share a little bit more with us about your time? playing college and soccer or yeah. soccer in college yeah absolutely so i actually went to university up here so i went to simon fraser university and that's a okay. canadian school but we played in the naia and so yeah we had you know my first year second year we came runner up in the naia championship final and you know any athlete can tell you second place is like it's tough it is tough because you're right there and then my third year in university unfortunately uh, we didn't even make it out of the the round robin for that and then my last year it's interesting because we actually started off on a very rough go. Like we had this back-to-back losses. It was gut-wrenching. And I still remember this moment. I was up in the way SFU, the soccer field is kind of on a hill. And so I was up on the hill with some of my teammates and we were, it was four of us, all seniors. And it was kind of like that moment of we're like, oh, what is going on? We were frustrated. We're angry. We're like venting. And then we, again, those crossroads, we kind of came to a moment where it was like, okay, well, what do we do now? Like we can continue doing the same thing we're doing and the season's basically a bust or and we can just leave the program as, you know, that's, that's it. Yeah. Or we have to start and we have to lead by example. And we kind of made a collective decision then that we were going to work harder. We're going to show up earlier. We're going to train. We're going to let every single team member know just how important they are on the team and whether they're playing five minutes, whether a practice player, like we needed everyone on board. And then it was exciting because from that, you know, again, it, we, it was, us leading by example, but ever getting everyone on the same page that we were able to make a run for the NAIA championship. And we ended up winning um, the longest game in history. It actually worked out to almost two full soccer games. Insane. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, we ended up winning and it was such, such a testament to just teamwork and really having a common vision and just making sure everyone realizes what they bring to a team is important. And I think that like that just served as such a lesson for me in life that it really is getting everyone on the same page, working together, making sure everyone knows how much you value what they bring. And when you do that collectively, you can create some amazing results. Wow. Yeah, so Colorado was after university. So okay. I went to Colorado, yeah, after university for a year to play uh, semi-professional soccer down there. Awesome. How was your experience with that? Yeah, you know what? It was awesome. I, I absolutely loved it. It was such a cool experience to just to be away for school in a way, like after university, mm -hmm. just have some time to be away and just play soccer. And that's pretty much all we did was work out and play soccer. Colorado is a beautiful state. And just, again, a chance to connect with people from all over who are sharing a common goal. Right. It's it's everyone's there for the same purpose, if you will, to to play soccer and bring their very best. 
That's great. All right. I'll let someone else take a stab. I kind of invited you there. All good. All good. You're on the spot now, Phoebe. Capri's going to come back and hit you with a whole bunch of tougher questions and make you sweat a little bit. Okay, bring it on, Capri. Bring it on. <laughs> but before she does, let me see if I can make you sweat a little bit. No, I'm just messing around. So, Phoebe, I got a question for you regarding this book title, Never Quit on a Bad Day. I love that title. And I was thinking as I was prepping for this particular interview that, you know, a lot of young people right now, that I've talked to, and I'm talking young people, late, or even early teens, late teens, early 20s. I don't know if it's what happened during COVID or not. They're dealing with um, anxiety and depression, which to them is like a bad day every day, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, when you got to those low places, can you talk a little bit about what it took for you to not quit and then kind of pull yourself up? Absolutely, absolutely. So a couple of things that I think it, that I, I know for myself, when I've had those low moments, what I've had to do is again, in some look forward. And what I mean by that is find something that excites you, that you can look forward to enjoying, experiencing, and it can be anything. Like it can be, and I think one of the things sometimes we look at it and it's like, oh, it's got to be this big thing. And it doesn't have to be this big thing. It can be being excited about meeting up with a friend tomorrow, just something that you can hold on to. And the reason I say that is because when we have something to look forward to, that's where hope comes in also gratitude, right? Because gratitude is so important. And even when I've had some very, very challenging times, finding something to be grateful for. And again, this is where it can be the smallest thing. It can be the fact that you have a comfortable bed to sleep in. It can be the fact that you have food in the morning or water, you know, with just the fact that we have, we're able to be who we are in the, in the beautiful countries that we live in, right? So finding those little things to be grateful for. And the reason gratitude is so important is because it shifts our perspective and gratitude isn't meant to minimize what someone's going through. I mean, there's a lot of challenging situations that people have to navigate. It doesn't minimize that. All it does is when you're grateful, it just shifts your perspective for that split second where you can be hopeful and find something to look forward to. And so one of the things that I did many, many years ago, now gratitude is just part of my lifestyle, like first thing in the morning, throughout the day, at night. However, in the beginning, it wasn't always like that. And so what I actually do with my phone is I set in a, a calendar invite or not invites or a meeting. So every single day at 9, 10 PM Pacific, an event pops up on my phone and just says, I am so happy and grateful that, and it pops up. And the reason I put that in there is because I wanted, I knew I needed to be intentional with my gratitude because again, back like when, it, when you're frustrated, it's like the last thing you want to do is like, I'm, I'm angry at everything, you know? So I needed something. And so I put that in there as a calendar invite and I challenge people to do that because it just, again, makes you pause, right? That pops up in my, and the reason I chose 9, 10 PM is because for most of the time, I'm usually at home, I'm kind of relaxing and for, you know, for the evening or whatnot. And so I can take a moment, whether it's 30 seconds, and just pause and be like, what am I grateful for right in this moment? Or sometimes I'll do it a little bit, little bit longer, right? And I'll go through and just kind of sit there and just go through all the reasons and people and experiences and everything I have to be grateful for in that moment. So I encourage people to do that. And just to, as a starter, right? Again, I still have it in there, even though every single morning and evening, I, I start and end my day with gratitude. And throughout the day, I still have that. And it still makes me smile because when I see it pop up, I just have that time of like, 
yeah, there is a lot to be grateful for. So I just encourage people to do something, pick whatever time of day works best for you when you think you'll have a, a quick moment where you can just uh, take a second and go through what you're grateful for. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I love that calendar uh, reminder to, to pops up and tells you, hey, now it's time to be grateful for something. Mm -hmm. uh, you had a, a phrase that I use quite a bit, which I thought I coined, but obviously I did not because it's the second... <laughs> Second, the second guest who's had it, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell me what the origin of that was for you and what do you do in those moments when you're uncomfortable to kind of settle in and go, I'm going to be here, so I might as well get comfortable. Yeah, you know what? I heard a quote, another quote that I love, that life begins at the end of your comfort zone by Neil Donald Walsh. And I just, I I, it. isn't it brilliant? I mean, I heard that many years ago, but that is one of those ones. Write it down, write it down, everyone. Uh, so yeah, life begins at the end of your comfort zone or the edge of your comfort zone. There's different um, editions of that. However, um, when I heard that and I, you know, just through like personal development and growth, and the reason I think it's so powerful is because it's like everything that we want want to experience if we if we already had what we wanted like if we if, so how do I say this um basically there's going to be things in our life that we want to have to experience to enjoy and usually it's it's outside of our comfort zone or we would have already had it we would have already had those things or done those things and so you know when I heard that quote and just realizing that there's so much out there that I wanted to experience and it isn't right here right now and it's not with the person i am right now and right here right now and so i had to grow and in in growth it, it can be uncomfortable and so it was one of those choices of like well if i want to experience that or i want to have that and i'm not yet the person that can have that i'm going to have to grow and i'd rather focus on wanting that versus the uncomfortable piece of it and so just starting to learn to embrace that and know it's okay to be uncomfortable with something everything we've done has been uncomfortable from learning to walk in the beginning when we're falling down that's not comfortable but we kept going and we learned how to walk and then riding a bike i'm sure you guys can all raise your hand and have some scraped knees when you know you're riding your bike and you get a little wobbly and we fall off and we scrape our knees and that's not comfortable but at the end of the day we go through it because we want to have that ability to ride that bike and so it's the same thing with life and experiences and so I kind of had to just train myself to um, get comfortable being uncomfortable right I am I, I love to connect with people and I speak on stages and I, I get I'm nervous before I speak every single time it's just like those butterflies and I mean I learned this in soccer they say like train your butterflies to fly in the same direction right it's okay to have butterflies just train them to go in the direction you want them to go and so it's just kind of now been a, a practice that I've just had to get used to and, and realizing that in that uncomfortable it's taking closer to where I want to be, what I want to experience, and the person I want to be. Phoebe, throughout that. those times, because of soccer being so important and always being with a team and in such a excellent level that you were at, how much do you see that that community and like-mindedness and being a part of a team also helped you navigate through rather than if you were isolated, like we know a lot of our young kids are feeling, how has community played a role for you in helping you also in your positive and your mental health? Yeah, community is huge. I mean, I'm so grateful for the incredible communities I've had a chance to be a part of, whether it is in sports, whether it's been in business, friendship, you know, there's so many different um 
communities that I've had a chance to plug into and that I'm part of. And so I encourage people, I know it can be challenging. And sometimes it's, you know, when you're going through a tough time, it's hard to, to start building a community. And that's why I just say, you know, you want to just start with one person, like just, you know, create a great relationship with someone who inspires you, someone who uplifts you, because we're such a product of the people we, we surround ourselves with. And I remember my parents saying that all the time as growing up. And I was like, no, it's not true. You know, they always say birds of a feather flock together. And I kind of was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. But now looking back on it, it's such a powerful statement. It's a powerful statement in our as a teenager. It's a powerful statement as an adult, because we are a product of the people that we're around. And your people that you're around can either inspire you and uplift you, or some of them, even though it may not be their intention, they may pull you down. And I always joke, I tell people, do a phone test where when you see a name of someone pop up, do you get excited? Like if someone's, your name pops up here, are you like, yeah, look, it's Ed, what's up, Ed? And I'm happy and I'm uplifted and I'm excited. Or if you see a name pop up and you're kind of like, Oh, a little bit. Evaluate, you know what I mean? Like evaluate as much time as you're spending, not saying to anyone, like, you know, you don't want to just like ditch your friends or anything like that, but just start looking to fill your life with more people who, when you see their name pop up, whether it's on social media, whether it's on your phone, that you get excited about it because energy is contagious and you can choose what kind of energy you want to have in your life. And so it's, I just, I'm grateful for the communities that I've been able to be, be a part of. And I also encourage people, be that person that you, that people want you in their community, right? Again, we lead by example. And so can you be the person that when you text someone or you call someone, they see your name pop up and they're like, yeah, let's do so-and-so, you know, that you bring that to, to them and, and in return, they're bringing that to your life as well too. So true. And just to clear, so everybody knows, Ed is that person for us that we are excited to hear from and has been a huge motivation and a big part of our life. Capri, I know she feels the same way. Mm -hmm. We definitely smile when we see Ed's call come through on our phone. Yes. I can tell. I was smiling seeing him. Like Ed popped up on the phone. I'd be like, yes, it's Ed. Let's go. I, I appreciate that. But let's get back to our guests. It's not all about me. We could do an episode about me some other time. So Phoebe, quick question from an athletic perspective, because I want to go back to what you just said about the energy about like-minded people, whether it's in athletics or in working with a, a team, like where Capri's at, maybe she's doing a project. How do you manage somebody or how do you go about working with somebody who does not have the same energy and spirit with you, whether it's a, a relationship that you dealt develop with a friend or on a team, how do you manage that? Absolutely. And so that's a great question. I should clarify. Not everyone's going to have the same level of energy in terms of enthusiasm, if you will. Like, you know, some people are going to be higher energy, more like, wow, like that. And some people be a little bit more. Yeah, I can fall into both depending on the day, uh, you know, a little bit more chill. And so it's important and not necessarily you want to find people who have the same type of, you know, as you necessarily, but it's that positivity, right? You can still be positive and be an extremely like chill type of person. Um, that being said, yes, when you're on teams, you're going to have people with different personalities. You're going to have people that you have to learn to navigate, like work with, whether you're in school and you have a, you know, a team project that you have to work with, you have to figure out how do you um, navigate those relationships. And I always say, 
as much as you can, try and find something you have in common with that person. Look for something, you know, on a team perspective. Well, we had something in common. It was like, how can we win this game? And realizing that we're all going to do what we can to win this game. Or if it's a session, how can we all bring our best to that practice? If you're working on a team, like um, in school, right, um, some sort of project together, well, the goal is to finish this and do well. And so when you can look to find little things that you can you have in common with someone or you can bond with, again, going back to gratitude, what can you be grateful in this other person for? Because again, it, it's challenging navigating with different personalities. And, and you know, sometimes people are not always the see the glasses half full type of people. So can you find something to be grateful for about that person or about that experience? Because at the end of the day, we can only control ourselves, right? We can only control ourselves and so and our attitudes. And so I find it when I have had to navigate with um, people I wouldn't necessarily spend a lot of time with if we weren't on the same team, I just have to find something to be grateful for with them because then it helps my attitude and how I communicate with them, if that makes sense. That was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. But it's true. Like you have to find something because at the That's end of the true. day, you know, I could I could go into that situation and that relationship from a like, oh, they just drive me bananas. That kind of perspective. And guess what? They're going to sense that in how I talk to them versus if I'm like, well, you know what? Yeah, they drive me bananas. However, they are really good at categorizing or I don't know, whatever, I'm just making stuff up, you know, but find that thing that you can hold on to um, because it will help shift your energy as well to those interactions. That was a great answer. I love it. How are you noticing this? Because now you're back at school. You've been there for a couple months now. I mean, everybody's all excited when you first get back, but I would imagine now you're at that point where you're starting to see your, your cohorts getting stressed, aggravated, irritated, maybe roommates that aren't fully clicking. How are you noticing that community and how some of this could be helpful with your cohorts. Well, I would just like to say that I have reached that exact point in the semester where last week everything was all great and all fine and life was incredible. And this week I'm like, so when's the semester gonna end? I'm ready. I'm ready for the holidays. I'm ready to go home. I'm ready for not school. I need a little break. But I really do think that it just goes back to what Phoebe said at the very beginning that like, you just have to be grateful. Like I always think back to like Capri two years ago would be flipping out that she had the opportunity to go to a class and learn all these great things with all these great people. And I really think that just that small little perspective shift is what makes life enjoyable because you can so easily get caught up and like, oh, I could be doing this. I could be doing that. It's so overwhelming to do this, but like really like there's something to be grateful for in every day and don't let those little moment, a bad moment isn't going to make a bad day. And I think that if you just keep that in mind, life becomes a lot, not easier, but just a lot more hopeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just awesome everything too. that Phoebe has been saying, that's what I want in my life. So, yeah. That's why we love her so much. See why she's a host of this show. I was going to say, that's absolutely brilliant and good for you to have, to, to shift your perspective, to have the, the emotional capacity and brilliance to go like, okay, well, yeah, two years ago, I would have been like, oh my gosh. And here I am, right? Sometimes we mm-hmm. do need to do that, look backwards yeah. and just realize how far we've come in terms of our life. Mm-hmm. And that's something to be grateful for too. Yes. So good for you. I say, you know, at my age now, I go, oh, that's right. I asked for this. 
<laughs> that's how I remind myself. Oh yeah, you asked for this. Okay, you asked for this. You're in it. Woo! <laughs> Got it. That's so good. Yep, and true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'd like to ask one more question. You brought it up a couple times. You've said, oh, you're at a crossroads. It's time for reflection. When you find yourself in that space, do you have any good questions that you're like always asking yourself to kind of get back into it or shift like your path that you're on? Because you've mentioned it a couple times. And I'm just wondering if there's anything like specific you like to ask yourself to kind of reroute or reevaluate. Yeah, for sure. That's an awesome question. Um, one of the things that I do is in terms of looking forward, and it's an activity that I didn't, I've done it now in a more formal sense, this last stretch of life. However, I realized I actually did it before, but just more mentally. Yeah. And basically it comes down to the, the gist of it. It's called your dream day. And it's an activity where you literally just kind of get a notepad, pen and paper. I created a workbook that goes through it as well too, but I'm going to give you guys a short version. So just get a journal, pen and paper. So basically it's a day, like what does a dream day look like for, for all of us, right? Like from the moment we open our eyes, like we wake up, where are we? Who do we see? What experiences do we have throughout this dream day? And when we, before we close our eyes, like what have we done in that way? And you want to write it in present tense. Like, so it's super important to write it as if you're living it right then and there. You want to feel the feelings of living that dream day. Because when you have that, it just helps you in terms of when you're at that crossroads or you're evaluating, you know, whether it's opportunities and uh, relationships and all sorts of things, is it taking you closer to living your dream day? right? is If it is, then that's something to go, okay, yeah, I want to walk forward into it. If it isn't, then it might be just something to go, well, it isn't. So is it something you still want to do right now? Maybe it's something that's different and your dream day is going to evolve. And that's why I encourage people to do it over and over again, right? Um, so I realized that back, you know, when I was um, laid off from my job, I was kind of in that crossroads, as I said, and it's like, okay, well, what do I want my life to look like? Like, what, what do I want? Like, do I want to go back and get my master's? Do I want to focus on real estate investing? Like all these different things I was doing. And I realized in that moment, I was like, well, no, I want to be able to travel. I want something I can do from anywhere that I can, you know? And so that's when I decided to continue, like, focus on the business that I was building, the online business with soccer. I remember when I got cut from a team and I was devastated. I bawled my face off for a long time. And, you know, my parents challenged me with like, well, what do you want? Like, do you want to, you cannot play. Like, if that's what you want, don't play. Like, you know, and, and having those questions where there was like, it's up to you, you decide now, what do you want? And I realized, no, I want to be an impact player. I want, when I go for a trial, the team is like, heck yeah, we're putting Phoebe Trotman on the team, you know, and that's what I wanted. And then I had to have accountability with myself and go, okay, well, what can I do now to make sure that happens? So, lots of training out in the rain, whether I want to be there or not, you know, fitness, all the components that I needed to do to make that happen. And so I just encourage people to do that activity of like, what, what do you want your life to look like? But sometimes when we do our life, it's so big. So just take like one day, like, what does that day look like? And it's fun. And I challenge people to dream big. You know, I've done it again, numerous times, times when I was nowhere close to living what my dream day I was writing about. And I had to stretch, I really had to sit there and pause and be like, yeah, what does that look like? And uh, then when you start living and you experience portions of your dream day, it's like, the, it's such an incredible feeling. Because it's like, one day I was in Barbados. And I was like, I wrote about part of this years ago when I wasn't having it. So that's one thing. And then again, you're just asking yourself reflective questions on that while you're creating that. So, you know, a big one is like, what brings you joy? That's something I ask myself all the time. Is this bringing me joy? 
right? And you can tell, you can feel it. You'll, you know, if it's something you you read about, you see a picture and it make, lights you up, it brings you joy, right? So figuring out those things of what you love and what you enjoy. And what do you feel energized by? What what are things that you do that bring you to life and, and to look at those type of things as well? Wow. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. This, this show and doing this and meeting you, this brings me such joy. No matter what's going on in our Thursdays, when we come together like this and this time with you, I'm like all in and going, wow, I love this so much. This is, we were supposed to do this and have these conversations. Phoebe, you just like, I've just completely enveloped what we're about and why we do this show. I'm so thankful. Mm, oh, I love it. And congratulations to all of you guys, because one of the things I think is so beautiful is when we start walking and living in our passion, there's such a ripple effect. And that's super exciting, too, is because, you know, there's going to be someone who listens to this and listens to your show and they get inspired to do something. And then they're going to go continue on in their passion, whatever that looks like. And then there's going to be people that they're going to impact and then it's going to continue on. And so you guys saying, let's do this. There's going to be stories upon stories upon stories that you won't even necessarily know. But you guys are the ones who planted that seed in someone by sharing what you shared. So I just, yeah, I think it's absolutely incredible. So kudos to you guys for, for doing this and showing up and sharing. Yeah. Thank you very much. We, uh, that's the idea is, I mean, your story is incredible. We want people to be find inspiration and if they're having a hard time finding it, that's why we want to chat with you. Like, tell us about never quit on a bad day. So with that, let's go into that book. I'm always fascinated mm -hmm. with people who write books like that, get enough energy to go. I'm going to write about this. Can you talk about how this came to be and why that title was selected? Yeah, you know what? It's so funny because if the, you guys asked me last year this time, would you, would you, are you writing a book next year? I would have laughed. I would have been like, no, not planning to. It really wasn't on my list of like life goal. You know, it just, however, this is what I would say is like when you know again what brings you joy, when you know kind of purpose, um, then sometimes it takes different shapes. And so one of my, I was actually with some friends last year and uh, they were the ones who suggested write a book. I told them I really wanted to create something to help and inspire just because I've been inspired by so many people over my journey and they suggest to write a book. And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, well, you know what? You can help a lot of people with, with writing a book. And I said, okay, well, it has to do two things. Number one, it has to help and inspire. And number two, I have to feel passionate as well about the content. And the month before was with the induction ceremony for the Cahoma Sports Hall of Fame. And we had talked about, the interviewer asked me, what has sport given me? And I shared some of the stuff we talked about from life skills, but, and then those highs, but I talked about those lows. And I said, you know, I feel like the more we can start sharing some of the lows and things we go through, the more it'll help other people know that they're not alone. There's going to be bumps in the road that they can push through it too. And uh, that's when I got excited about it because I realized that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write a book of a collection of short stories that will share some of the tough stuff that people go through, how they were able to move through that, why they move through that to inspire other people and so then i was super excited about you know the theme i was passionate about it and then i remember hearing the saying never quit on a bad day years ago and again it's one of those ones that just stuck with me for so many applications in life and uh, i do this thing i call it with god my open the door close the door and so i was like okay god open the door if never quit on a bad day if that url is available then i know you're saying like 
move through it, do it. If it's not, well, I put it out there. I eh, guess I'm not writing a book, you know, and uh, I was surprised because I, I typed in the URL, it was available. And then I was really thrilled because I was like, it just, it's such a powerful saying and way to live. Just like we talked about, get uncomfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, never quit on a bad day is one of those sayings that when you truly apply it to your life, incredible things can happen. You That's know, awesome. for 10 years, my license plate said, never let go. Ooh, love it, Amy. See, right there. Cool. Oh my gosh, you still have it. That's so awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> oh, I love it. And there's power in it. I mean, when you just keep pushing through, it's like that's where that growth happens. You know, and again, we're not saying don't ever quit something. There are times when you should quit. And I talk about that in the book as well, too, because I can hear some people be like, wait, what do you mean? I never quit? No, 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 no. There are times when you need to quit or transition and move forward into something else. And, you know, if it's something that's not serving you or your purpose anymore, you know, there's times. So, um, but a lot of times when we quit stuff, it's usually because we're like, that's not fair. Or we're angry or we're frustrated or someone did something and we're just like, I'm done versus pushing through, getting to the other side and then evaluating, maybe it is time to transition away or move forward to something else. Brilliantly said. This was been an incredible interview, Phoebe. This was awesome. I'm a little pumped up myself right now. I like it. You nice. can see his eyes. You see how his face just lit up? <laughs> oh, and we're good. We're good. <laughs> We're all in some transition at some level. We're going through something young, uh, middle age, old, older, oldest. It doesn't matter. Something else is going on. But I think this is a good place to get out of here. I mean, Phoebe, author, entrepreneur, um, Never Quit on a Bad Day is the book that she's put out there. You guys should go take a look at it. That's for the podcast. Wait. Yeah. And as for the podcast, we didn't really spend much time on that because all of it channeled to this one destination. Um, listen, great guest all the time. Never, uh, Phoebe didn't let us down today either. So if you hear it and just give us a thumbs up, like it. If Phoebe has a message that you think someone else should hear, please share it. And if you like the messages we're uh, putting together on a weekend, week out basis, subscribe and you'll have other great interviews coming and we'll have Phoebe back because that was incredible. Um, you know what? It's Capri. It's Amy. It's me. We're out of here. And by the way, that's why we do this thing. Education, career and beyond. We'll see you in the next episode.